Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We are into the final week before the big dance. We are inching ever so close to the magical tournament in March, and BetOnline has you covered with all the latest odds, totals, and props for basketball season. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and get your 50% welcome bonus using our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of The Take It Easy Podcast, live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is Friday, March 11th, according to my count. May not be that according to your count. We appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is you may be listening It is officially today, or yesterday, or tomorrow, or however and whenever you're listening. March 11th, 2022 is the two-year anniversary of the NBA shutting down and the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic as we know it now to be. And uh, we did a story back during the heart of the pandemic about... The uh, about March 11th, 2020, there's a really great 30 for 30 uh, podcast that I'd recommend you check out about March 11th, 2020. Um, Last year, we did the one year anniversary and talked about just how different things have felt since then. And now a full year removed from that where, you know, the pandemic is coming towards an end here. There's obviously new variants popping up every now and then and vaccination rates aren't as high as some people would have liked it to be. But For the most part, the COVID-19 pandemic has slowed down to such a point where we don't have to, uh, we don't have to exactly fret about the circumstance or situation. And so we find ourselves in a place right now where we can look back two years and say, wow, my life has changed so much in two years. And this podcast has been here the whole time. Like if you go deep into the archives and maybe find our podcast from March 11th, 2020, it did not turn out well in the in aging well like everything that's happened since then is just totally unprecedented and learning that things that we thought were stable are not as stable as we thought they'd be so two year anniversary it's another chance to uh to genuflect on where things stand in life right now cuz i feel like i am you know in in a different place now than i was then i'm obviously a, a bit of a child relatively speaking i was 18 when the pandemic started i'm now 20 getting ready to move off into the real real world instead of being a college student and dealing with some really real world problems but 
that's he, neither here nor there. We've just been doing this every single day also, and that's something that I've thought about too is, you know, the work is something that is sometimes you have to like kind of believe in it. As you get ready to talk about Khalil Mack getting traded to the Chargers uh, and last year really throwing ourselves into this work in an aggressive way that was really burnout and unhealthy and all of that stuff, like throwing all of that into the mix and then looking back now and seeing where things stand, like life is one gigantic crazy fluctuation and perspective is the easiest way to help power through it. But this is a little bit of perspective now is thinking that it's been two years since, you know, the, the, the day that will come to define our generation and whatever you want to call generations. I call generations every like five years there's like three sub generations in gen z all that stuff like my generation i guess to a certain extent will be defined by that event in the way that like 9-11 was a defining event back in 2001 and so this is an interesting place where change is observable over a long period of time and this is something i talk about when we talk about trying to change social norms or change cultural norms in sports or seeing how you know the New England Patriots for 20 years are this stable foundation. We talked about this with Cam yesterday. Like they're this stable foundation. Now you see it no longer being the the stable foundation that we once thought it was. It's not the same team that it once was. And so now you can see the Buffalo Bills just dismantle them in the playoffs, and that's how change gets observed. It wasn't the case two years ago, and you look back two years, and that's changed in sports. Cultural changes in sports are another part that, like, you look back to where we were in 2012, where it was a controversy for the Miami Heat. Would they stand against the Trayvon Martin verdict uh, in Florida? And now, all of a sudden, you see a regeneration of the player, the player getting their voice back, and an empowerment of them standing up for causes they believe in, whether for right or for wrong. Overwhelmingly, we talk about social justice causes, but Kyrie Irving is also not scared to voice his thoughts on the vaccination status of his, uh, well, I guess just vaccination status of America in general. Sometimes they're not fighting for the right things, but the point still stands. Change is observable over a long period of time, and in my life, I'm looking back at where things were in March of 2022. This podcast was relatively in a similar place. I mean, you know, our numbers are what our numbers are. I'm happy doing this podcast. I feel joy and fulfilled and want to come do this every single day for 890 episodes and finding new ways to grow and improve this. And as I like to say, fund our dreams. It's something that will take, it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of effort. And we've already put in a lot of effort here to building this podcast, just doing it every day for a couple of years, seeing how things stand. And now we're going to head into the real world. So uh, yeah, today's March 11th, 2021 or 2022, uh, March 11th, 2021's podcast. You can go find March of 2020's podcast is also available. I just wanted to genuflect a little bit because dates like this are something that I bring up and think about change. There's also incredible parallels in this story. Like again, we did it in December of 2020 the March 11th anniversary, but, you know, um, you know, anniversary to a certain extent, the day the NBA shut down and the day Tom Hanks got COVID and the day that the pandemic was declared a pandemic, which led to all sports and the economy shutting down or being put on pause. Um, you had a different president back then. And I was a freshman insecure doing a poor audio podcast 
talking about how the world changed. It was also, by the way, the day of the Harvey Weinstein sentencing. And if you want to say that the period between 2018 and 2020, people defined the most pressing social issue in America as workplace harassment and misconduct. Um, and that was something that was really fought uh, for and, um, you know, fought to improve socially in the Me Too movement. And I think with time, you're going to see some of those changes as the white power structure got knocked out a little bit and the male power structure got knocked out a little bit in that one and progress was made there. The parallels of that between that being the pressing social issue to everyone having to fend for themselves and economic inequality and hardship for people who are going inside their house and all that stuff is fascinating. Again, the 30 for 30 podcast on March 11th, 2020 is a great listen. Uh, It talks about us going into our homes. It doesn't necessarily have the greatest perspective now because it was made, I think, in August of 2020. So, you know, it's only got so much it can offer to you in perspective because most people were still inside their homes at this point but it is a fascinating time because it was a really really different period in all of our lives and now that we've gotten enough time removed from it we can actually think about what lessons we take away from it because one of the things I also thought about is change is observable over time but also time gives us perspective and perspective allows us to see things differently Uh, you know, it allows us to see things that we were in the moment for differently, which is why I say, you know, when things look difficult for myself or faith wavers, having perspective is the greatest way to uh, calm your nerves and calm your ma- you calm your mind. It's a psychology thing. I'm a little bit of a psychoanalysis nerd. But anyways, all of this stuff is just kind of random floating around. I like the idea of change being observable over long periods of time and gaining new perspectives about the pandemic. And working that out on the air is something I decided to do with the A block here today instead of talking about how Khalil Max signing with the Chargers impact or trade to the Chargers for a second and sixth round pick impacts the standard of the AFC West which by the way if the Chargers had just hit the pick on Kenneth Murray they wouldn't have to trade a whole bunch of money and a couple lower picks to acquire Khalil Mack who this is a similar move to what happened with J.J. Watt last year which is Khalil Mack is very much not in his prime anymore. His best football is behind him. Injuries have sapped a lot of his ability. It's why the Chicago Bears were eager-ish to move off of him and were maybe going to release him altogether. But still an incredibly serviceable player who, in essence, is now getting them back the value that they traded in order to go get Justin Fields. You could make the argument in the grand scheme of things that they gave up as first round pick and Khalil Mack to acquire Justin Fields. Would you make that trade? I think one might if presented the same circumstance. So with that being said, let us chat with our friend Morgan from Australia. Uh, The Chargers get a second edge rusher. And that's the news of the day on the two-year anniversary of the global pandemic in the midst of a war going on in a country that rivals only the Cold War battles and invasions of the 1980s. Khalil Mack got traded to the Chargers. But the plus side of that is that we can play my favorite nostalgia 1970s fight song for the only team that belongs with the Charger name, and that is the San Diego Superchargers of my beloved childhood that I don't root for anymore because my life is incredibly healthier not being a Chargers fan. But I still love this song more than anything because it brings back nostalgia.
Hello? Hello. Hi, Morgs. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fantastic and also a little bit stressed, but more more importantly, fantastic. Oh, wow. Patty Mills. Boom. <laughs> Steal. Let's let's do it. So so what a, what a great people, steal that was. Like I'm for just people, watching uh, live on Yeah, for people listening right now. We we're we're in the middle of the Brooklyn Philadelphia game that is capturing the minds and imaginations of basketball fans across the globe according to Morgan from Australia. Boo. <laughs> ben Simmons showed up. I can't believe it. He showed up. And Patty Mills came out with him. Onto the court. He's such a good person. He should support his Australian brother. Why? What what has what has his Australian brother ever done for him? You don't have to do anything for someone to still be a brother. Yeah, that's typical brother behavior. Take, take, take. You're you're my brother. You're my brother. Brother. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we we can't tease this at the beginning. We need Morgan from Australia and Kyle's top five songs from the big game. If people don't know what the big game is, you should because it's a musical album out now that is better than Encanto. It is bigger right now than Encanto and Hamilton. It's the, it's and the, the number Batman. one album in the United States right now. Yes, exactly. And everyone should know about this. And so let's say what our top five songs are from the album. You can go first with minimal sound effects other than just me making them with my mouth. Um, uh, I don't even know if I have five favorite songs. Um, I, I have I have a I have a number one favorite song. I love All In. I I sing it all day. I'm all Ooh, in. that's interesting because that's my number five song. It gives me very musical theater vibes. I like it. I I really. Billy's voice is good in that one. I give him that. Like Billy Billy's voice all the way through through was fantastic. Uh, number four for me is Back in My Day. Ta-da. That was very good job by them. Like the 1950s Fantastic. Frank Sinatra vibe on a song. It's very I good. Just, it, I just love it. It's it's just perfect for him. It's It's perfect. It is. It's practically perfect in every way. Number three, I have L.A. I'll stay out all night in Venice, L.A. No. That one's very good. No. no. Not on my list. Really? Interesting. I thought that was great. Kyle Brandt <laughs> making a guest appearance. Who sings in that one? Uh, Mike Ryan. I think everyone does. Everyone mm. has a line in it. it. It's like the last one. Yeah, or yeah, the no. second to last I, one. No, no, no. I, I like that one. That one was good. I, everyone had like one line. Dan Pot lines lo, rhymes Labria with tequila, and I thought that was kind of cheap, but whatever. Uh, it's, it's a very good song. <laughs> that one didn't make my top five. That one's not going to make the top five. Which one? Even though, 
the the Chris Cody greatest of all time. That one's all not right. going to make the top five. Mm-hmm. Number two, take me there with Jessica Smetana and Chris Whittingham doing a duet. Not on my list. What is on your list then? There's only just like not, nine just songs. Not Smitty. Just not Smitty. <laughs> the it in- was so good. The intro. What are you about? I'm just, I'm just not. I'm just not here for it. Not interested. You're not here for except my Steelers. No, it's so okay. because it's not her Steelers. Because then it's her Bears, and it's I, I just everything about that kind of fan annoys me. Everything. Well, then you would you would you would hate my fandoms. Jesus Christ, you will uh, you will despise everything I have because I have no allegiances to anyone except losers. Only losers will That's I. It's fine. Swear she, my had, she has allegiances to everybody. And it chop, chops and changes when it suits her. And that's just, that's the absolute opposite of who I am. I am. Number one. Number one. It's time for the playoffs. So grab a beer and hope it's, insert beer brand here that's not paying us for advertising. It's time for the playoffs. The playoffs. The playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah, Fantastic. Just, I think that was. I think most people that was their appeal. I haven't seen which songs are most popular on Spotify yet because they haven't. They update every twenty four hours. But oh. I'm interested to see what other people think the most popular songs were. Oh, I, I could have done like a straw poll in the in the like Lower After Hours DMs and asked them what they think, but I don't really care. Um, yeah, it's not that important. Uh, what's more important is what's happening in Brooklyn and Philadelphia, of which you are watching and I am not. But I know that Brooklyn is kicking ass and Ben Simmons is reveling at the loss for his uh, his beloved former Philadelphia 76ers. Ben Simmons is running the coattails of other people who are performing and carrying him. What a shock. <laughs> you are really you are really not happy with the Ben Simmons situation. But you know what? He's got his Patty. This is the Australian team. You got Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Patty Mills. How are you not jumping all over this Brooklyn team? This is this Two is out of those three now. have never played for Australia. And the others in anti oh no, Patty Mills has played. I guess these anti vaxxer and hasn't ever played for Australia. So I guess that's the uh I guess that's the double edged sword on that one. Which goes against everything that I as an Australian stand for. I love vaccines. And I love Australia. Therefore, you're not a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. No, I'm not. But that's okay. <laughs> I am. Um, it, it, it is helpful for me that they win today, I guess. Um, you know, it wouldn't hurt at all for the 76ers to get that L today. Move down um, a couple pegs, get closer to the, uh, bring themselves, to the Boston Celtics. Exactly right. The Boston Celtics, who are quite good, aren't they, Kyle? They're fine. They're not They're fine. They're a fine team. They're very good, Kyle. They're not very good. They are good. They're, They're very they are good. good to find. That's not what Stan Van Gundy said. Stan's nuggets in my face said that they are very good. I, I really are... do hate. I really do hate that. Like Stugatz is my ally on the Jason Tatum thing. Oh. But Jason Tatum is really good. I was having this conversation yesterday, which is like, 
Jason yeah, Tatum but like he, but he's the, like when he's saying that he could be Kevin Durant, like that's dumb. Like that's so dumb. That's just saying shit to say shit. If he can start scoring every night, like Giannis did back in like year five for him, like yeah, Kevin Jason Tatum can be one of the best. Not players Kevin in the Durant. Not no, like, he'll that, never. That, no, he'll that, never. That's be Kevin just too. That's like downplaying Kevin Durant. That's just dumb. But I don't know. Yeah, this course. week, I've just like really had enough of Stu and his stupid takes. I was and... talking about this the other day, also, which is I don't think we're prepared to have the Kevin Durant is better than LeBron James conversation, like as a society. But I like I'm the ready. idea that I'm it's, there. it's hanging I'm, in the I'm in there. the back. Yeah, we because we have good allies on this one, and it is young people, and young people are good allies to have on this conversation. But Kate Cunningham then, has then said again, Kevin like... Durant is better, and the Ant Man. Yeah, but LeBron did more with less. And Kevin has always had pieces. That is fair. And Kevin Durant also has... Which was something that um, Stan mentioned, that Jason Tatum hasn't had whatever what Kevin Durant has had in any of his teams that he's been at. And that's... I don't know. I, I, think, I think Kyrie Irving and young Russell Westbrook are fairly comparable. I just think that... I don't think Kyrie was good for Jason Tatum at all. Or, or I think help, the difference like, there was that, like... The, the more helpful West, player would have been Terry Rozier. I don't even know that. I think it was, like, Westbrook was very clearly a number two behind Durant, and Jason Tatum was very clearly a two behind Kyrie Irving. So the dynamic wasn't quite there. I don't even I, know how I don't many know. games I, they played with each other. Like, really? I, I don't know why people also hold it against, you know, Kevin Durant that he's played with great teams. No, it's not his fault like, at all. No, that's absolutely yeah. not his fault. Well, it, like, the people just want to hold that against him because of the Warriors move. Like, it's not his yeah. fault that the OKC thing happened. And, like, him and – it's not like he's done it with Kyrie – in Brooklyn, like any success he's had there is solo. Like what he did in the playoffs last year, he did alone. He didn't have help from either of those two morons. And and, the and Tatum's thing was, never done that. Tatum's do never that. done and... Tatum's never done what Durant did in the playoffs last year. Well, of course, because Jason Tatum isn't Kevin Durant, but Jason Tatum is Donovan Mitchell, and we've seen Donovan Mitchell do it a few times in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, not every time. Like he did lose that ridiculous bubble series to the Nuggets, mm-hmm. and they also lost to the Clippers in the playoffs a couple times. But we've seen Donovan Mitchell go for fifty-point games in the playoffs. We've seen Donovan Mitchell go for you know forty-point games every now and then in the playoffs. Like. Yeah, but that's Jason still a thing has always been player. consistency, and it does seem like he is, um, he's bridging the gap between his best and his worst, and also making, and like being a viable defensive option as well. Um, so I think he's really like making a more complete game for himself, which is great. I think that is great, and I think that his his trajectory is going to be similar to what happened with Jokic where like three years ago we were like Jokic could maybe be the best player on a championship team he's like the eighth best player in the sport and then 
you know, LeBron got worse. Kawhi Leonard tore his ACL. You know, James Harden got a little bit worse. And now we're like, Jokic is one of the top five players in the NBA. In reality, he's one of the two best players in the NBA. But he were, you know, it's regular season awards and people will give more credit to, you know, Kevin Durant, who's done it longer, Steph Curry, who's done it longer. But I think that's kind of the fact that nobody sees what he's doing. Well, and his team is terrible. Like, Jokic is... It's not being pushed in your face. Like, I I don't see a lot of Denver games. But even even for myself, who doesn't watch a lot of regular season basketball, but meticulously watches playoff basketball, like, I I know that Jokic is great. Like, I think that the, the casual fan doesn't recognize that. But Jokic has... I think like a 32 player efficiency rating this year, which would be like the highest in like 10 years in the NBA. And him and Giannis both have the exact same efficiency rating right now, which would be the highest in 10 years of anyone in the NBA, which is pretty ridiculous how good those two are and how they're like, do everything guys in their offense. And there's nothing that you can do to stop them because I was watching highlights of that Kings game and the Kings just have nobody who can guard Jokic and Jokic just like barreled through everyone for like 46 points because there's just nothing you can do to stop him. Mm. He's a giant loaf of bread. He is. He is a loaf of bread, but he's also one of the two best players of his generation, which should be Anthony Davis, but that's okay. Joel Embiid. Right now we're we're in the middle. I think of he's the missed the window. I think the window's closing on Anthony Davis. Oh, I think the injuries are making the window yeah. close. But Anthony Davis can still be like Anthony Davis could. I mean, he, I, I think it was a meme. He's who still said, only like, twenty nine years old. Up? Like it's twenty. Uh, it's his birthday today. <laughs> Happy birthday, Anthony Davis. Good luck. Happy birthday too. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, you know who else is 29 years old? Not Carson Wentz. Tatum. Which is shocking to me because he felt like a child with a baby face not too long ago. But Carson Wentz is 29 years old. Uh, I believe Trent Richardson is 31 years old also. That's a, that's a fun fact out there. Um, I think Cooper Cup is also like 28, which is weird. Like, Can you tell me Cooper what happened Cup- with Jeff Passon's Twitter today? <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I actually wrote down a list that said topics I'd like to talk about with Morgan from Australia. Top five songs from the album, uh, the mm-hmm. list of terms that I created in a Levitardian list, and Jeff Passon's Twitter. Those were the okay. things I wanted to talk about. So let's talk about Jeff Passon's Twitter because it was yeah. glorious. I, 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 I missed, I think I, I missed the main bit. I just saw the aftermath of. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so explain to me what happened. So it happened overnight. So someone hacked his account and was like offering to sell people either like crypto or sell people like someone said VCRs in a Twitter comment, but I was very confused what that meant. Like someone was just trying to sell things with Jeff Passon's Twitter account. So they like deactivated the account, got him back in and then deleted all the stuff afterwards. And it was like a whole panic situation because they're like, wait a minute, we're about to have a labor deal, the biggest day of Jeff Passon's career, as he called it, and his account got hacked. And he was able to recover it because like, he has a personality, unlike myself, who wasn't able to recover my hacked account. But I think it's basically just some crypto bro hacked him and tried selling stuff on his account. That happened to Izzy recently, too. Izzy was giving yeah. away PlayStations. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think that might have been part of it. You, you just giving away a, a PlayStation, whatever. And, um, and, and certain um, Claire after us people uh, DM'd him thinking they could get one. <laughs> don't Idiots. know. I was like, that's nope. not real, guys. Easy is not Someone... really giving away PlayStations. Yes, just be be smart about if someone's offering PlayStations, if they're offering crypto, it is a scam. It is very funny, though, that it happened to um, Passon, because Passon is an asshole. (laughs) Is he? He's so mean. I mean, I know he's mean, but, like, he's mean for, like, good reasons, I feel like. Like, he's he's mean towards David Sampson. He's mean towards owners. Like, I'd like Jeff no, no, like as he, he, As a guest on my podcast, on our podcast, he was really mean to people. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> well, he, I like, mean. He, like, picked on their, their appearances, their haircuts, their facial hair. It was really funny. He was like uh, like unrequested, or he was just doing absolutely it just unrequested. Do it. Yeah, no, no, absolutely unrequested. Um, uh, his comments made one of them, one of the, our members cut their hair the next day. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's so funny. And then one of our people um, <laughs> had been sitting there listening, and then um, passenger had gone to get his charger or something because his laptop was running flat. Had AirPods in, so we we're just talking amongst ourselves, and someone was like, "Oh, you're up next." Because I don't want to. He's mean. I'm scared. And passing out his AirPods in, so he could hear the whole thing. He came back, and he's like, "Stop the person who said that." No, go on. He's <laughs> very funny. He is savage. He is a. Savage. He is a savage. So I'm, I'm sure the list so of people what, who what would like your... to uh, hack his account on the biggest day of his career. Might not be a short list. <laughs> that was so great that he lost access to his account on literally when the negotiations were at the final line. Which, by the way, didn't think they would actually come to terms on a on a compromise. I thought it was going to be bitter fight to the end. But uh, as they're right at the end, he gets hacked. I can't imagine the horror of that situation happening and losing access to your account that quickly. And he has like all the resources in the world to get it back. Like with ESPN, but yeah. man, that is a scary situation to find like yourself. He has in. really he has bad timing for the things that happen to him. Like when the pressure is on in his job, like he got didn't he get like kidney stones <laughs> on an important time in his career another time yep. as well. Yeah. Yep, I th- I can't remember what it was. Um, it might have been during the World Series. I don't remember, but you're right. He got. He got yeah. kidney stones at some point. He's just had really bad luck, and yet still, he he has powered through. He, I mean, Adam Schefter had bad luck too, though. Yeah, whatever. Adam Schefter's a shill, so whatever. Well, we still don't like it when he tears his Achilles. By the way, apparently a fan who berated Ben Simmons has been removed from the arena, according to Sean Sharania. Um, I'm sure if they're a Philly fan, they would have been leaving now anyway, because if I see anything on Twitter, uh, there aren't many Philly fans left in the arena. <laughs> Dude, Philly fans just wanted it. Like, if Trey Young's getting spit on for, like, whatever at the Garden, like, Philly fans are just going to be so cruel to Ben Simmons. And I'm a person who says you shouldn't boo anyone. Like, you, you don't boo Ben Simmons when he comes back to Philadelphia. Like, it's not a personal vendetta towards you guys. Like, but I, I just can't personal. imagine it. It's all personal. 
It's not David Sampson. It, it's all personal. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Ah, oh, no. Hell hath no fury. I players that have left my team in circumstances. Not. Oh no. So my football team. We had somebody leave. Uh, one of our premiership players. So somebody who won a ring with us um, and one of our very highly paid players who we had done a lot for when he got himself into a fair bit of trouble once and multiple times and he left and went to another club and like held us pretty much to ransom and it was all very ugly and anytime we played against him I would absolutely go to town booing him and I'd boo him if I saw him walking across the street Guy's a prick, absolute asshole, and then had the nerve to come back to us a couple of years later, asked to come back. But then you probably didn't boo him then, right? You, you, you oh, no, you no, didn't. no, it got worse. Came back and then had been, oh, this is on like word on the street, had, um, had a gambling addiction, which everyone knew, had a prescription medication addiction, had been getting the rookies to get him prescription medication, like so get prescriptions from the doctors and having them fill them so he could take have the medication and getting them to put bets on for him and stuff and apparently stole money from them and all, all this shit. And in the end, like, they he, he stopped, just stopped playing and we had to pay him out for three years because um, he just refused to play anymore, like mental health issues. Um, yeah, life and, falling apart. And we had, Sorry, yeah. yeah. And we had to pay him, pay apparently, word on the street, we had to pay off bookies um, because um, people of ill death. repute, yeah. people of ill repute were turning up to our facility um, to threaten him. <laughs> um. I'm not sure if booing is warranted in this situation, but at the same time, uh, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> so, I, I, I boo him. Guy's a jerk. But at the same time, he's got bigger issues than worrying yeah. about than worrying about the booing. Um, I mean, but in fairness, so does Ben Simmons. But like, whatever. Ben Simmons is still going to get booed, and it's going to be kind of ugly. There's nothing rational about Philadelphia fans, and I respect that because there's nothing rational about me. But like, there there are people who leave your team, and they leave your team with grace, and it's fine. You or understand. they did enough winning where it's forgiven. However, they or, get out, or of, or like, you just like them enough as a person that it that it it. Doesn't behoove you to. And then there's the Venn diagram diagram of all three. That's Russell Wilson. Um, Do Seattle fans hate Russell Wilson now? Seattle fans don't, but everyone else kind of hates Russell Wilson, but he also did a lot of winning and he's the best thing they've had ever. So they're kind of like, well, yeah, it was kind of a shitty ending, but at the same time, we don't really, we don't hate you. We're not happy, but we don't hate you. It's like it's, it's all three in a weird. His teammates hate him, though, don't they? Oh, everyone hates Russell Wilson, but everyone hated Russell Wilson before because he's inauthentic. I don't even like Russell Wilson that much. I like love him as a player. It's the same thing as Levy, like Levitard. It's like 
the you can resp- like amazing football player love him as in the game i just hate that he's corporate russell and super inauthentic what, like what does that even mean corporate russell like he asked for a trade he doesn't want to be there like oh corporate russell is jj watt like captain america always talking about the fans talking about the love of the game you know corporate sponsor for you know whatever jj watts subway and gets tv shows and yeah russell okay. so he's like and, the vanilla yeah okay yeah that's that's kind of the thing that i'm like don't don't be inauthentic just so you can make a bunch of money which in fairness it's the trade-off it just means that i don't like the shtick we're literally in november during a thursday night broadcast well he's sitting on a pier or a dock with aaron andrews he's like you know, Derek Jeter got to play for one team, you know, some, you know, Kobe Bryant got to play for one team, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's a great thing to be playing for the same team your entire career. And I just wanted to throw up. I'm like, dude, you're actively requesting a trade as we speak. Why are you so inauthentic? And uh, See, I, yeah, I dislike that a lot because I think that's disrespectful to your fans because you're giving them false hope in that situation you know that that's not the case you know you want to leave everyone knows you want to leave i don't understand why you would do that oh Um, i understand it it's because it's hugely beneficial to russell wilson who's the face of alaska airlines and the face of bose and married to a famous celebrity who is now they're now one of these couples that like represents good good good-hearted american values like uh Steph Curry and Aisha Curry, like they're 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 like that in a way where they're all about family, and you can sell that to people. It's the same thing Tiger you Woods. All about did. family and change teams. Yeah, but you sell it to people that you are the you are the model athlete. You are the person that everyone should, which is usually white. Like usually it's white athletes, but that's increasingly changing now that they're just less white athletes than ever before. But Do you think he feels obligated to to be that level of vanilla because he is a black quarterback so russell wilson's interesting case because i've talked about this before and it's part of why i think the legion of boom doesn't like him and why teammates don't like him so russell wilson is biracial and mm-hmm. his father who is black was a professor at um i forgot what school it, i think it was an ivy league school i'm not exactly sure but Russell Wilson basically like grew up in the same kind of environment as Kobe Bryant, where he was going to a lot of like all white preparatory schools and being like an awkward kid where he's like, I don't like trying to find racial identity amongst a whole bunch of white people is really difficult. And so, you know, by excelling in football and baseball, that's where he kind of finds his identity and such. So Russell Wilson is a fascinating case in that way of, like kind of being insecure in his own skin for a bit and then kind of figuring out like you can be inauthentic, but there's also a lot of perks to being inauthentic and being the model citizen and the, an extension of management. And I think the Legion of Boom also resented management because they, they didn't give any of them contracts. So it would be hard to be authentic, to be like your authentic self if you don't really know who you are or where you fit in. I -hmm. think so I think that you just want to be what you think everyone wants you to be because you don't know who you are to start with. So what does it matter? You don't have a real identity. So you just try and be the puzzle piece that fits. And also it's like hugely beneficial to you if you care about being the face of corporations and making a bunch of money there. Like there is 
a lane for that. Like Drew Brees did that for like 15 years, never says anything interesting and then gets to be a broadcaster and never says anything interesting and gets to be the face of Wrangler jeans. And the one time he did say something that he thought was the right thing. It was very much the wrong thing. Exactly. And Russell Wilson had Russell Wilson hasn't had that type of moment yet, but Russell Wilson, like, let it slip on Dan Patrick. He's like, you know, I'd like to improve my offensive line. And we were like, whoa, Russell Wilson never says anything interesting. And then his agent, like, dropped teams that he would go to if he requested a trade because the yeah, Seahawks that was really annoying because we were on that list. <laughs> yeah, but then Sean Payton sure. left and would, would Jameis, like us- Jameis Winston was trying to jump ship. I saw he was trying to get to the commanders. I was like, Jameis trying Winston- to jump ship. He, he's a free agent. Pretty good. Off you, off you truck. But you have a really good team who has literally no quarterback on their roster, and Jameis is still like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go play for Washington. He's just... He's just trying to maneuver and to get the most out of, the, out of his situation, which is a smart business move. But I, I don't know what we're going to do quarterback wise. But he hasn't left yet, and that's promising, isn't it? Trade for Jordan Love. Trade for no, Jordan no, Love. No, 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 no. It'd be such a good low upside offer. You should do that. Or sorry, low. Should, I think we should do that anyway. Yeah, trade for Jordan Love and then make him the quarterback. Better than having fucking Ian Book or Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon or Mitch Trubisky. Fine. How about Trevor Trubisky? Si- oh, that's silly. People have such short memories. You laugh, Trevor but Simeon Trubisky, is fine. You laugh, but Trubisky's going to get one of these jobs somewhere. Yeah, I'm not I know. sure where, but that's that's what like. You just got to be white. That's all you got to do. Just be white and people forget that you're shit. Well, no. It is, I, I don't think anyone who gets Mitchell Trubisky is happy they get Mitchell Trubisky. They just see the writing on the wall that there are only 18 good quarterbacks in the NFL, and we didn't get any of them. So now we have to find our, our Teddy Bridgewater or our Trubisky. You know, They, they kind of alternate, right? Like, one year so, Bridgewater's a backup, Trubisky's a starter. Then Trubisky's a backup, Bridgewater's a starter. Yeah, but people want people want Teddy to succeed so badly because he's just such a nice person. Yeah, I know. Whereas people he, think that Mitch Trubisky's a baby because he turned all the TVs off. <laughs> do people still – see, i kind of forgotten about that one. I, that's not something I think of first and foremost when I think of Trubisky. Uh, it's guess. something I think of. What a fucking goose. I mean, just uh, Trubisky's biggest fault is just that he wasn't Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, right? Like that's he's not terrible. He's just a he should have been the third quarterback taken in a draft class that had only two good quarterbacks. Yeah, and he turned the TVs off because he's a baby, and he also has a Pro Bowl. His Pro Bowls are worthless. He has the same number of Pro Bowls as Matthew Stafford. Um. Yeah, that's cool. Um. So, no, I think James is staying, which is fine. I'm happy with that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm happy with that. I'm I'm Jameis was good. If Jameis if Jameis stayed healthy, we we were making the playoffs. We we would have been fine. Yeah, I still say the Saints could have done what the Niners did. They could have done what the Niners did. I I don't I don't see the point in getting Jimmy G over Jameis. I agree. I don't I don't don't think that I think Jameis has much higher upside than Jimmy G. 
No, but I understand the. Oh, he there. he he can do the. That's, he, can that's hit, like saying, he can hit a big yeah. throw. He can hit a big time play every now, like every now and again. Jimmy, it's can't. like saying it's like saying Davis Mills has higher upside than Jimmy G. No, but the sentiment is correct because Jimmy G doesn't have high upside. Like it, it's a fair you know a point to make, but it's also like I know we crap on Jimmy G a lot, but Jimmy G is not terrible. Jimmy G gets hidden in the playoffs a lot. Jimmy G's not awful as a quarterback. Jimmy G is Yeah, but I don't think I don't think we were hiding I don't think we were hiding Jameis last year. No, you weren't, but the 49ers did it in the playoff or in the regular season. They just only did it in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Um give me a list of sayings or whatever you were talking about. I'm I'm intrigued. I've been end. intrigued. Okay, so this began by someone pointing out the idea of saber rattling. And finger pointing. So terms of engaging in conflict, I think, is what we're calling this. So I spent 45 minutes assembling this list. So here's what I have for the official list. It, by es- It's moderately escalating, moderately escalating terms. So we have finger pointing, saber rattling, stick shaking, brow beating, hauling off on, pin the blame, rat out, bearer of bad news, lower the boom, tap the tail, express displeasure, let him down easy, put a fork in, get on a case, lay at one's door, turn attention to, play the blame game, lay into, set straight, blacken the name, express displeasure, painstake, climb all over, shake things up, pass the buck, slap around, saddle shake, let him have it, stick it to him, drag to court, blow the whistle, make things ugly, jump down your throat, pass the deer carcass, psychological warfare, gaslighting, and beating a dead horse. Okay. That is just the entire list of calling out terms in the spirit of the Levitardian escalating terms of conflict. Okay. That is all I have. Any thoughts, concerns, or we can just end the show here. I'm not quite sure of why, why, but okay. <clears throat> I don't, I don't understand the point, but that's fine. Um, at what point in there is there a scuffle? I love a scuffle. A scuffle? I feel like they I, need to I two love words a scuffle. Uh, yeah, I know. I understand, but I want to know at what point amongst all those sayings would there be a scuffle? Would a scuffle break out? Because I love a scu- I love a scuffle. I think somewhere Scuff- between drag to court and climb all over. I feel like somewhere in ah uh, yes, there. it'd be it yes, it'd be before climb all over because a scuff a scuffle can break out, but it doesn't involve climbing all over. So, but, it, but a brouhaha. Well, that there's climbing all over in a brouhaha. But it's more than playing a blame game, right? It's it's more than playing the blame game. Um, yes, yes. Okay. So we're um, we're getting there. You, you, playing the blame game, I don't believe is a um, I don't believe it's physical. Um, <laughs> like no. Doc and Joel played the blame game. <laughs> Let's see if we can find something that's physical. Where is the first point of physical? Um, is lay into physical? Oh yeah, that's physical. Just... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, you can, physically, you can lay into physical. someone physically. Of course, you can do it verbally, but it, 
it does have yes. physical contact. How about connotation. setting straight? How about setting straight? Is that physical? Oh, setting straight absolutely comes with with a a stern fist in the chest. Okay, so I think we've kind of figured out where a scuffle is. A scuffle is right around setting straight and well, I guess a passing the buck is kind of in a wrong place then because passing the buck isn't physical. No. At what point do you lay the smack down on somebody? <laughs> oh, I got to add that to the list. Lay the smack down. Oh, got to add that somewhere. <sighs> okay. Thank you, Morgs. Appreciate it. I got For laying the smack down? Yeah, well. For laying I'll, the smack I would, down. I would like or... to lay the smack down on Ben Simmons. <laughs> you can do that. How about let him down easy? How about you let no, him no, down? No, no, we are not letting him down easy. Okay, maybe you're getting on a case then. Oh, I was getting on his case four years ago when he okay. was not putting on the jersey I wanted him to. I've, I've but, gone. But you're past not dragging that. to court. You're not. I'm dragging to hell. Is where I'll drag him. Oh, so maybe you are passing the deer carcass. Maybe you are at that point. Is he the deer carcass? Because I think he. I'm is. not sure, but these are these are the most intense. You're, you've already. Not, I don't know. I don't understand what passing the deer carcass. Really it's means. a phrase. Not sure what it is, but it's a it, phrase. It's not. It doesn't translate well for me. I, I, How about yeah. jumping? You've already. Have you already jumped down his throat? Oh yeah, years ago. Yeah, throat? we're we're beyond jumping down throats. I'm about to so, rip it out. Damn, are you on psychological warfare? Maybe. 